Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. An Erios production. Menopause is coming and the men have all left town. But I'm not giving up until I see that baby crown. Could be balding, bearded, shorter, tall, funny, smart, love basketball. Gay, straight, black, white, tiny eyes with an underbite. I just need sperm. Sperm cast. Hey, everyone. How are you? Oh, I really wish I knew and that this could be a two-way conversation. I know it seems impossible, but even though I've never met most of you, I really do care about you and hope that you're doing okay. Big thank you to my latest Patreon subscribers, Jen N., Rachel G., Brianna B., and Zandra G. We are up to $791, and I'm pretty shocked, actually, because despite this pandemic, you all continue to support the show, and even when someone has to suspend their subscription, somehow someone jumps in to keep that number up in the 700s. It's pretty amazing, so thank you all so much. And I know I've said this a million times that you're keeping this show alive, but let me just explain how. If I didn't have that 700 something dollars coming in every month, I would absolutely have to take a few months off. Not that I want to take any months off. I love making this show. But if I didn't have that income, I wouldn't be able to justify the amount of time that I put into the show because I'd have to be doing other work. You get it. Okay, now, with all that being said, we are coming up on Spermcast's two-year anniversary. Yeah, it's on May 8th, and I'm thinking... We can get that Patreon up to eight fifty. Yeah, I don't know. Am I crazy? I think I don't know. I think I think we can do it. How are we gonna do it? Well, if you're already a subscriber, it's time to raise your subscription by a dollar. Have you been listening to the show for a while, but you still haven't gotten around to joining the Patreon? Well, now is a great time. Have I made you laugh? Have I stirred your emotions? Are you are you, are you sitting on the edge of your seat wondering how it's all going to pan out? Have you learned something you didn't know before? Has the show made you think about your own situation or reevaluate your own life or helped you plan the future? Has listening to all of the stories of all of my guests helped you deal with whatever journey you're on? Does it make you feel less alone? It takes a lot of work to get guests, to coordinate interviews, to plan each episode and edit on a tiny little laptop in the attic on a creaky chair with stink bugs landing on your microphone when your mom is outside planting a vegetable garden and pushing a 500-pound industrial lawnmower and you you just want to go out there and help her because you know at the end of the day her back is going to be killing her. But your dad is downstairs doing exercises because he's still recovering from breaking his femur back in December and you want to go down there and help him too or at least distract him from the boredom and the monotony of these stupid exercises. And then there are all the jobs that you should be applying for right now, but you can't because you're editing a podcast, but you could be getting a job being a producer for another podcast and making lots more money. And all you really want to be doing is playing with the chickens or the goats outside or making cashew milk or baking fancy breads for your parents, and they're going to love your breads, and they're going to tell you how talented you are, and and, and you're going to feel so good about yourself because you don't have anybody else in your life telling you you're talented, and you certainly don't believe it in your heart, and you're not going to think it yourself. I mean, you maybe you'll think you're talented, but you won't believe it because you don't have any success in your life. So what I'm trying to say is just join the Patreon, patreon.com forward slash spermcast. Let's get to $850 by May 8th, my two-year anniversary. Oh, God. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Okay, it's time for some updates. Oh, but but before the updates, again, if you don't like the Patreon, that's okay. You can go to Venmo and you can support the podcast by Venmoing Molly-Hockey. Okay, now for some updates. Do I have any updates? Actually, I don't think I have any updates updates. When I left you last week, I was trying to decide whether or not I should have sperm shipped from Seattle Sperm Bank to New York to do a home insemination this week. Well, in order to figure it out, I consulted my old friend Amanda and my old young mom. We're going to talk to them in the first half of the show, and then the second half, we're going to talk to a friend, Katie, and another friend, Anonymous. She's Her name's not Anonymous. She is Anonymous. Here we go. Hi. So my mama, my mama will be a hundred tomorrow. That's amazing. So I was just out buying pansies. That's what I was doing. What were you doing? I was talking to Amanda. Oh. So you were out buying pansies, and are those for your mother? Yeah, for her garden. 
Amazing. She's almost blind, but she still has full um, experience of color. Oh, so great. Purple and blue and yellow pansies were good. Oh, that's nice. I just have to say that we had the most wonderful day celebrating Nana's 100th birthday with her. And I am so unbelievably grateful and lucky that I got to be there for it. Holy shit, during all of this, I somehow got to be with my grandmother on her birthday, which is exactly where I wanted to be months ago. So, anyway. I also want to say that she had a great time, too, despite the fact that earlier in the week she was saying, oh, it's just another day. You guys don't have to come down. She wasn't even looking forward to it. Well, here's what she said when we were leaving her house. Well, that was the best birthday. Good, Mama. <laughs> That's good. That was a beautiful day, Nana. We enjoyed well, it, too. It was such fun, and it really was. I was going back and going back, and I couldn't hear another birthday that was as good. Good. Okay, how are you, Mom? We're good. Okay. And Mommy, we only have like 10 minutes. All right, great. Okay. <laughs> She's got to go record something else. But then maybe when she hangs up, we can finish the conversation. Sure. Yeah, I have like 13 minutes, so, you know. <laughs> Take your time. No okay. rush. Well, Amanda, my question, basically, it's that time of the month where I could potentially do a home insemination, but I'm but I'm kind of stuck and I don't know if I should do it or not. And I, I bought the vials in, for when I came to this point, but now it's getting down to the wire and I need to make a decision by four o'clock or one o'clock your time. Today? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> so this is so high stakes i know and we have 10 minutes to figure it out oh my god start the clock all right here we go i guess i don't know if there wasn't a pandemic i was i think thinking about it just now if there wasn't a pandemic would i do it because uh, why would i not because there's always the chance that i will have a miscarriage again and it sucks it hurts physically and oh, emotionally and, and then with that delay and then that would IVF. push me out further more months down the road because i have the two frozen embryos so the next time i could attempt if i had a miscarriage again would be down the road a few more months and and then let's say those don't work then what's my next step after that am i if i'm ever gonna if i'm gonna do ivf again at some point i'm gonna want to be i'm gonna want to do it while i'm younger so am i pushing that further away mm. or is my body meant to do this, and could it possibly happen naturally, and could everything be fine? The Getting the sperm and applying it is relatively natural. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I guess my question to you is, um, do you think the biggest issue there is the trauma of what you just went through with the miscarriage, the emotional, and very much so the physical pain? I don't know. Well, Okay. <laughs> So it put the miscarriage aside, uh-huh. but keep the pandemic in the equation. Okay. You're here in New York where you shouldn't be, and you've got doctors mm-hmm. back in California. If there was a pandemic, but you hadn't had that awful trauma, would you still be reluctant to do um, it here? So then, so moving on to pandemic scenario, and if you lean out of, the, I don't want you to lean out of the frame. Oh, is this video? <laughs> well, no, it's not. Well, well actually, I mean, I could use a picture. Take a little picture real quick. Of everyone, okay. Can we smile. all be in it? <laughs> no. Well, yeah, one, two, three, smile. Okay, I got a little picture for you. <laughs> I like there the knee go. in the shot. Yeah, um, it looks like a boner. <laughs> it is. I, I, I love a boner. Not, it's not a knee. Cool. Sick. You Get mad out of here. Okay, our ten okay. minutes are almost. Up. I know. I know. I know. Um, <laughs> the Panda. other thing, Amanda. Oh, yeah. Okay. So explain Pan- to me the the pandemic because you've brought this up to me before and um well okay yeah. so if i do get pregnant is my uh, am i limited as far as medicine goes doctors uh, can i go in and let's say i'm i start to have a miscarriage will i be 
be able to go to the emergency room if that me not that I need to go to the emergency room in that instance will I be able to have ultrasounds to make sure that the uh, embryo is in the right place because of that you know pregnancy of unknown location right. last month or two months ago have you called your fertility doctor's not office yet, not yet but I have to, to see care. if they're open no okay <laughs> that might be a, a little part of the equation is knowing if they're actually a functioning office. Yes, and I'm I'm definitely gonna do that before uh, anything. But before um, four o'clock. Before four o'clock. <laughs> but the other fear is not knowing. Even in a month, will I be able to do my transfer cycle? Not knowing that, and right. then also. If there's a second wave of the pandemic, this is a big fear of mine that I'll be over there in California. My mom and dad will get sick. I won't be able to get to them. And I'll be immunocompromised because I'm pregnant. Right. And I can't get to them. Right. But and then, then we'll I'll come be, to Pasadena. <laughs> oh, but please do. We'll, do. we'll pass, pass. They'll go to Pasadena, but they won't come to Los Feliz. <laughs> You guys can meet, meet up at my house, neutral territory. <laughs> I'll set up some socially distanced chairs in the backyard. Yeah, please. Um, um, but the I other, see. but the other other side of the of the story is I'm never going to know mm. what's going to happen in the future. Nobody knows what's happening with the pandemic, and it could be years. It could be. It's just I'm I'm having lots of fear right now. I know, which I do yeah. before every time I start mm. one of these things, kind of. Mm. But anyway, Amanda. Well, you have some of the info now. Okay, my my opinions are there's so many what ifs and everything you just laid out. There's no way to know. So it's like you have to just, I think, keep moving forward. And whether or not that means doing the at home insemination right now or just planning to wait for the IVF cycle, it's like whatever the right step forward is for you. I think you just have to. You can't be held back by what's going on in the world because it's so. You just don't know. Like we don't know what's going to be happening next week, let alone a few months from now. So I guess for me, I would vote. I I would support either decision, but I don't think it's that. I I think it would be you'd be fine if you did the home insemination because the chances are if you did have a miscarriage it would most likely be on the early side, right? Don't you think? Yeah, um, if it's a although, chromosomal abnormality, which is yeah, I think what has happened. Yeah, so I, I don't I don't know. I mean, I I think since you're at home and you have the time and you have the sperm. <laughs> I'm like, She's just got, get it, get it up there. But and yeah. she has a sperm godmother here. I can be yeah. with her. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. That's, I've never had that opportunity. Yeah, but now mm. there's also more apprehension regarding money because I didn't have money before. I had I had all kinds of uncertainty and no money before, and now I have more uncertainty and less money than I had we'll before. Get, we'll get more. No, I, that's the, not relevant. That is relevant. Okay. <laughs> that's uh, always so, going to be a horrible issue. Yeah. But I will not it, it, it's not just like I'm just throwing the sperm up there. It is of course $800 plus course. the money to ship it. Mm -hmm. So it's not like it's it's not Again. a it's not free. It's not easy. It's a uh, it's an undertaking. But you, you have yeah. it already. I bought it already. You bought it. And it's, here, it's here. It's it's in Los Angeles. It's in Seattle. Oh, so how would you get it by 4 o'clock? <laughs> no. Oh my god. <laughs> they have to ship it by four o'clock. Oh, I see. Yeah. So to get it, to you in time. It would be here on Monday and Tuesday or Tuesday. There's two little other things. I haven't had a normal cycle since before I started all the fertility treatments, so I don't particularly know when I'm ovulating. I I did try last month to sort of check my ovulation, but I don't know. I, I it seemed like it was early. My period's mildly weirder now. Um, and the other thing is that I've been super careful uh, about toxins entering my body uh, for about two years. Now and she lives in Terry Toxin's house. Terry Toxin! <laughs> Terry Toxin! <laughs> That's true. Okay, let me throw in my two cents. But hold on, I didn't finish my toxins. Just, uh, just that I'm constantly breathing in Clorox all day and have been for the last month and a half and no longer or I can't I don't have the leisure to be organic fully organic and I I, I have got perfume and fragrance BPAs and phthalates in my and my eggs are getting destroyed now what's penny, your thought? penny poison penny poison <laughs> penny the poisoner yes indeed yeah. 
when okay, I, I and I was Molly Molly toxin free before. <laughs> Molly Molly toxin free. <laughs> <laughs> okay, thoughts, okay, Penny. I, 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 I've lost my train of thought, but basically, of the three, uh, I, th- I think that the pandemic, as it stands, or life in the time of, I'm going to hold this for you, life in the time of COVID, I think is because I'm all over the place, right? I think that's an abstract, and in this particular case, at least where we are in the cycle of it, I, I would dismiss that one. I don't mean just just to, you know, dismiss it for just for fun, but but in fact, in times of crisis, women tend to make more babies. It is the nature of the species. Seriously, you know, in wartime, oh my goodness, women just constantly got pregnant. And yeah, I guess I'm saying that yes, you have your fertility doctors on the phone. You have drugstores that are open. You will be accepted if you are in jeopardy. You will be accepted into a hospital that is a non-COVID area. Mm-hmm. You have also got your fertility doctor to call and um, you, and Nadine as well. So to me, it comes down to: Are you going to go with a donor right now? Or are you going to wait a month and go with my embryos? That's the only decision for me. Yeah, I I agree with that. I think you've got to kind of clear the fog away and just focus on that decision. Yeah, there are so many, uh, you know, in that equation, there are so many fuzzy parts that you really can't deal with. It's really uh, the logistics and the strategy of... Do I do this now or do I do it in a month? Yeah. That's it. Nothing else. Except, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. But the worry is you got to put that, you know, all those terrible worries. Mm-hmm. Okay. Amanda, you have to go. I have a couple minutes. <laughs> well, I, okay, fine. Um, a couple of days ago, I was uh, no, I was not thinking that I would do it. But then I listened to part of the daily the other day and it was saying this could go on for years and i just i i heard that too that was we've all heard that yeah it's it said four years i didn't listen to the whole thing yet i'm gonna listen to it after okay i did eventually listen to it in full and here is a little snippet of it they're gonna refer to something called the hammer and the dance uh it's a metaphor for the lockdown and then the time when we come out of lockdown before we go into another lockdown you know what I mean? Back and forth, hammer and the dance. Donald, you just said that the record for making a vaccine is four years. Are you saying that there is a version of this where this dance in the hammer and dance metaphor goes on not for one year, but something like four years? I, you know, that's a kind of worst case scenario as far as timing is concerned. Everything may get lowered in this. We may test vaccines in a way that we would think of as ethically unthinkable in normal times. We may Mm. go with somewhat lower safety standards for vaccines because we're facing a situation where life is dangerous. But yeah, the fastest human vaccine ever made was months, four years from start to finish. So I just want to be clear. Is there a world, according to the experts you're talking to, who say the world of tiptoeing out and coming back and realizing that there's a resurgence and then tiptoeing back out again, that that could last years? Yes. I mean, yeah, I, I think your your instincts are right that it's like you got to just keep moving, moving the needle. And yeah. and one thing we know is the fetus is not affected so far. We don't know that yet. Well, the baby's born now from po- mother, positive mothers right, but, are fine so far. But we don't know how they're affected if the mother's affected in her first trimester because nobody's the virus right. hasn't been around yeah, long enough. True. So I have you talked to your doctor to ask if you'll be able to do an, a transfer or is that I haven't elective? checked in with them cuz I just I I just didn't. Yeah, I mean to me that would kind of clarify things as well because if they say no that's elective surgery you you might have to wait for Well, months. I don't think they know. I don't think they know yet, but I'm assuming that next month it'll start to be okay, but I do need to check in for sure. But right now they're not June. doing them. May. I'm thinking my next my next period will start on about May 15th-ish and LA's kind of opening up-ish. Yeah. But that might get extended around then and um uh, yeah, but I, but I do I do need to send them a message and and check in. On the other hand, I just want to say if you feel like this 
sort of making this decision right now is very stressful for you and causing you a lot of anxiety, I also think it's totally fine to wait and not do it. Yeah, I know. Yeah. You know, like it's totally fine. Yeah. I can also decide tomorrow and pay extra for overnighting. So it's not that rushed. Yeah. And you can also get the sperm and not use it I can also send it back. Yeah. Well, they take returns. Yes. I asked them on the phone today. Oh so God. you could have them, you could I, keep them in the freezer here? No, 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 no. They send a nitrogen tank that lasts for two weeks. Oh. And so if I miss my ovulation or I change my mind, I can send the tank back with the sperm inside mm-hmm. and it'll be fine. Okay. Okay. Well, that's good. So you do have some options there. Mm. Yeah. And now you have to go. It's 301. Okay. Well, I let me know what you decide. It was Thanks, nice to Amanda. see you. Say happy birthday to your mom and your grandma. We will. Uh, maybe let grandma decide for her birthday. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, bye, you guys. You. Very good. Okay. Thanks, Amanda. Okay. Bye. Love a lover. Bye, sweetie. Bye. Bye. I'm sorry that was so rushed. It wasn't particularly, it was like right on the mark. Yeah. Well, I think one of the first things you should do is, is call your doctor. And just two things. Are they going to be functioning in theory? Are they functioning now? Will they be functioning? And will uh, if you did have some kind of a problem, would you be admitted easily to a hospital? Where and where I, 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 oh. It's not that I'm worried I'd be admitted. It's be that like if something Care was going for. on, I would be exposing myself to the pandemic by going to a hospital or having... If I need ultrasounds constantly every other day because I'm higher risk or whatever, no. then I'm exposing myself more. I'm not quarantining. I'm not isolating. But, of course, that I would be, be just as careful right. as I'm always being. Yeah. And you would join the millions of other healthcare workers who are there every day. Except I'd be pregnant. True. My, at, at a high risk of well, problems. Do you become at a, a higher risk for contracting coronavirus, COVID, because you're pregnant? I don't I think, think so. Um, I can't remember. I know that it's not worse. Having a fever is terrible for a, a gotcha. fetus. Like the flu. Yeah. Right. But it's not affecting pregnant women more than it is the general population. Mm-hmm. But if I did get it, it would be worse for... I think it would be worse for the fetus. According to Harvard Health Publishing, let's see, it says, Given that this is a novel virus, little is known about its impact on pregnant women. At this time, no evidence shows that being pregnant increases a woman's risk of getting COVID-19 or her risk of developing severe symptoms if she has the disease. Experts think that pregnant women are just as likely as the general public to develop symptoms if infected with the new coronavirus. The United Kingdom declared pregnant women a vulnerable patient population. However, this statement is not based on any evidence demonstrating increased risk to pregnant women from COVID-19. With the flu, data show pregnant women are likely to experience more serious illness than the general population. Based on this data, some experts are advising caution and suggesting that pregnant women may be vulnerable to more serious illness if they get COVID-19. However, this is not based on any evidence from COVID-19 cases but on historical data from other viral infections. Given the lack of evidence, we recommend that pregnant women continue to practice social distancing and excellent hand hygiene. So yeah, before about a month and a half ago, or when I decided to come here, I brought all my stuff with me because I thought I'll do a home insemination if I decide to at the time. No big deal. Not no big deal, but you know, I just, I brought it with me thinking I probably would do it. Uh, But I brought... um, ovulation tests and the um, OvuSense thermometer thing that I told you about earlier. And I brought Endometrin, the vaginal suppositories, which I had left over from when I was here last summer and I had a chemical pregnancy and I raced to New York City to get the Endometrin. Remember that? I do. So I could ask the doctor about the Endometrin um, after I inseminate if I should start that immediately. You know, it's interesting that that you brought all your stuff with you at the peak of the horror and the unknown, and, and the, the, the fact that I had the where the the my wits about me yeah, enough in that terrible turnaround rush. I know. Oh my god! I packed a little go, you, go bag yeah, for all my a go a baby a baby go bag. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, it's almost, uh, maybe this is just sort of a casual no-brainer. And the worst that can happen is you lose $700 plus And delivery. have a painful miscarriage or an ectopic pregnancy. <laughs> right. I'm a little traumatized. I am traumatized yes, by that. I it wasn't, yeah. Oh, that for sure. I think. But I don't know. Honestly, I'm afraid to talk to the doctor too, because I feel like she might say, I don't think you should do that. Oh. I don't know. Why would she say that? What if she thinks it's not safe because of my history? Well, then you'll never be safe. I know. So what's the, what when the I hell? have when I have a baby with my imaginary husband? I'll never be safe. Yeah. When am I going to meet my imaginary husband? I don't know. Not don't know. right now. Well, it's so <laughs> funny because there are dudes everywhere around here. Where? Just here. <laughs> Look at those boys that work here. They're twenty three. So what? They're beautiful. Yeah, they're so great. God, they're gorgeous. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Are they going to listen to this? No. Because I actually only know of one boy, actually. There are two. Oh, one of them's very handsome for mm. a 23-year-old. Yeah. He might actually be 18. Oh, I'm... my God! <laughs> <laughs> I know, he could be 30. I don't know. I don't oh my know. God. But he's just, he's very dear looking. Okay. No. okay. Okay, so... The trauma is, and the fear of the doctor saying no. Yeah. Uh, that I think you got to contend with that. That's a, that, <sighs> and, and at least listen. I would like to just. I will, I'll be a. a fly, well, I'll email I'll be a fly her. I'll email her. She'll get back to me today. Okay. She's so great. Yeah. That why you should do that right away. Huh? Okay. Because you, you but are I am gonna. I, but I already made up my mind oh. about this. <laughs> I think I made up my mind about this yesterday when I heard the daily and it said this could go on for years or mm-hmm. something. And the vaccine is really far away. Right. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. If there's fucking a tra- if there's a tragedy, mom, how am I going to what You mean if dad or I croak? Yeah. We croak. Or Nana. Well, Nana's going to croak. Well, I got to get to Nana's funeral then. There won't be we won't have a funeral. We'll wait for you. And your baby. A Zoom funeral. Yes. There's not going to be a funeral. A Zoom Everybody, they, we, they, Zoom we, we talked about that. We That sounded very flippant, but... I know. We I care know. very, very much about oh Nana and her health. Of course. It's nonstop. On a minute-by-minute minute yeah, basis. Holding, holding our breath day in and day out. It's yeah. unbelievable. Yeah. Also, I can't get her on the phone again today. No. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my But gosh. that's okay. So, yes. yeah. Yeah. The fact is, if... If um, dad or I or any member of this family should croak or would croak, that would be it. What are you going to do? <laughs> I mean, what am I going to do? You can't be with us. You couldn't be with the sick person anyway. You could only be with the survivors. I can't be alone in my house. Then go and hang out at Adam's. Fuck. You know. That's not going to happen. <laughs> No, none of this is happening. But the fact remains, I need to have, I need to start my family. Yep. Yep. Every day I'm like. <laughs> Don't you start. Molly, sit up and breathe. She always tells me not to cry when I'm feeling emotional. What's wrong with crying? Oh, no, crying is wonderful. But I think that you were just saying something. Uh, I was um, just about to express my emotions. No, just before that, you said, I think I've made up my mind. Listening to the daily lesson, da, 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 da. but and also, we got off. So finish that thought, please. <laughs> but also, <laughs> driving me forward is the fact that I need to start my family. What? So what is your decision, Mo? Oh, that I would just have it sent here, one vial, not two. Mm-hmm. Time to email the doctor. All right. Yeah, talk to the doctor. Okay, so after that, I did email Dr. Chung. Here is what I wrote. Hi, Dr. Chung. I hope you're happy and healthy over there. I've actually been in New York for a month. I needed to be near my family. So I have a couple questions. One, what's the scoop with the clinic these days? If I start my next cycle on May 15th, do you think you could do a transfer of my two em- uh, my two frozen embryos? Two, I'm thinking about doing a home insemination next week with one vial of IUI sperm from the sperm bank. I should have asked your opinion sooner as I need to order the shipment right away, but I was afraid to hear you say you think it's a bad idea. But I guess I should hear it from you rather than speak 
speaking for you. I also have my own reservations. One, I don't want another miscarriage and I know I'm at a higher risk. Two, I don't want to throw away money. Three, I don't know what's going to happen with this virus and if a second wave is going to hit and cause another lockdown and even more fear. Four, we don't know what kind of an effect the virus will have on first trimester fetuses. Five, I don't think all the stress and all the Clorox and the Lysol that I've been inhaling for the last two months are conducive to having healthy eggs. But there's no certainty with any of this, and if I continue to wait, I could be waiting for a long time, further delaying having a family of my own. So I think I'm going to do it. Still, I'd love to hear your opinion, even if it's not what I want to hear. She wrote back, Regarding the home insemination, all of the reservations you listed are the ones I would have discussed with you. As long as you understand all of those uncertainties, I think it's okay for you to go for it. I can definitely understand not wanting to keep waiting, especially with the current pause on transfers. Currently, we are still on pause for all transfers until the ASRM revises its position. There is a revision expected next week, which we anticipate will allow some time-sensitive stimulation cycles to start, but not sure about transfers. The best thing to do is call the office if or when you your next period comes and we will let you know if we are able to start the cycle. If you're pregnant from the insemination, please let me know. Big hugs to you. Warmly, Dr. Chung. So I called the sperm bank and I ordered the shipment. And that's when they told me that I needed a special form, a clinic release form, in order for them to ship it to my residence. Oh no, my procrastination bit me in the ass. Long story short, I wasn't able to get that clinic release form signed and faxed to the clinic until the next day, pushing my delivery date back to Tuesday the 28th and cutting my ovulation window very close. As of now, it's Monday the 27th and I'm checking my core body temperature with the OvuSense thermometer and it hasn't started going up yet, which is good, but my ovulation predictor pee sticks seem to be getting a little bit darker, so I don't know if it's going to work. I don't know if it's going to happen. If it does, awesome. If it doesn't, that's okay. I can send the back to Seattle. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. And now it's time for some more interviews. We're going to start out with my friend Katie. She's actually the artist that drew my incredible cover art for my podcast. You know me in the boat with the fishing rod and the sperm and Benny in the back of the boat. Anyway, she is a wonderful motion graphics animator, and she has decided uh, in this last year to pursue single lady baby making. So here she is, everybody. Well, first of all, I want to say that I was inspired to do this whole process by your podcast. Girl, thank you. <laughs> so it was, and, and all throughout the process, um, you know, you've given me like, courage and information and you know I just I probably this was something I had thought about but I don't know if I would have started so soon um, without the podcast so thank you so much oh my gosh thank you so I'm I'm honored thank you so much (laughs) I guess I I started trying in February I think was the first month and I tried two IUIs and neither of them worked, and I did medicated, so I used Clomid. Mm-hmm. And then the whole pandemic happened. Yeah. And I was planning to do four IUIs, and then if those didn't work, then move on to IVF. Yeah. So obviously plans changed. Okay. So I did a home insemination about two weeks ago. Uh-huh. <laughs> My first one. Wait a- <laughs> So, okay, are you in the middle of your, your two-week wait, or do you already know? I'm in the middle of the wait. Um, at oh this point, God. it's actually been about two and a half weeks. <gasps> so what the hell? <laughs> but I've taken two, no, three pregnancy tests, and they've all come back negative. Oh, my God. So, like, what you mentioned about not really knowing your natural cycle anymore, I think that it might just be that my cycle or my period is coming a little late this month. So I'm trying not to get too hopeful because I do feel symptoms that might be my period coming. So, Right, right. I mean, sorry for my little gasp of excitement, but I can't help it every now and again. Oh, no, thank you. I mean, I I kind (laughs) of feel the same way, but I'm just trying to 
have like measured enthusiasm just in case. <laughs> yeah, of course, of course. Um, okay, so you have to tell me about the experience of getting the getting the tank and everything. Did you go pick it up from the cryo bank or did you have it delivered? I had it delivered. The sperm bank that I'm using, California Cryobank, is not doing pickups right now because of the quarantine. Mm -hmm. So the only option was delivery. And I was a little nervous about that because um, I'm isolating myself because obviously trying to get pregnant, I want to avoid any possibility that I might get COVID. So I was a little worried about having to sign for the tank. But mm -hmm. oddly enough, I didn't have to sign for it. They just cool. <laughs> waved to me through the window and I was like, and they just left it on my porch. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So you get this tank mm -hmm. and your supplies were weird, right? You didn't have, they didn't send anything along with it? No, they didn't send a syringe. And I've just been reading a lot of people on like Reddit and other sites that have done mm -hmm. this before. And somebody said, get a five milliliter syringe with needleless. Mm -hmm. So I bought a box of those from Amazon, but that mm -hmm. turned out to be too wide to actually go into the, um, the tiny, teeny tiny little vial. Oh my God. So what yeah. I did was, and, and this was also why I feel like it didn't work. So I started pulling the sperm into the syringe, but like not all of it got in there. So then yeah. I squeezed it back out. And so then by then it was kind of full of air. Right. And then I put and then I poured the sperm into a shot glass. <laughs> right. And then I squeezed oh, and then I syringe then I um, sucked it all up with the syringe. Yeah, I think the five milliliter one is what I used to use for a natural, you know, the whole mm -hmm. unwashed straight from the source kind of guy. Right. <laughs> yeah. Fresh you know from the mean. When there's Sorry. more stuff there. But were you using IECI or IUI? Do you remember? I okay. use ICI. Okay. But but still, if it's in a vial, they don't give you as much as a, a full load as they Yeah, say, exactly. <laughs> it was like yeah. maybe a teaspoon. Yeah. And so anyway, then, then um, I read somewhere else after I'd done it that I didn't even realize there was a one milliliter syringe, which is really yeah. tiny, which is used for oral medication usually mm -hmm. for babies and stuff. So then I bought the one milliliter. So if I do it again, and I tested that because I kept the vial, and I mm -hmm. tested that and it fits. So hopefully yeah. that's the right one. So you didn't have high hopes for this one. I think I got really excited slash nervous and jumped the gun. So this is a lot of TMI, but the whole cervical it. mucus thing. Yeah. Um, so I was doing the test strips and they were pale, but I was starting to see like it get a little bit darker. And mm -hmm. this was only like cycle day 10 or something. But mm -hmm. I have a really, I usually have a really short cycle. It's only like 24 or 26 days. Oh. So I was like, well, maybe I'm ovulating on day 10. And then I saw the egg white discharge. And mm -hmm. I was like, oh my God, I got to do it. I got to do it tonight. Mm -hmm. Then a few days later, so I stopped doing the test strips because I'd already done it. But then a few days later, I saw that egg white cervical mucus again. So I was like, uh -huh. shoot, what the hell? Like, you know, around day 14, which is actually when like the standard, you know, ovulation day is supposed to be. So, yeah. Well, who knows? Who knows? I mean, honestly, I think one time I thought I had this. <laughs> this is bad. This is TMI. One time I thought I had the, the egg whites cervical mucus but I was turned out I was just horny <laughs> um, but anyway, I don't know I don't I haven't I didn't notice it last month at, at any point so yeah I know I some know. months I don't have it this month I had it a ton but it could have also been again like a holdover from all the shit I was taking for the, um, for yeah. the IUIs. Um, okay. So, so tell me about your thoughts on doing this during this weird, uncertain time. You were okay making this decision. Yeah. I mean, when it all first went down, I had a lot of reservations, mainly because of the risk of getting coronavirus while pregnant, obviously. Mm -hmm. Everything I read said that 
women who were pregnant were at no higher risk and that there were no issues delivering even women, women that had the virus when they delivered. But obviously, you know, this is still such a new thing and there's a lot that scientists are still learning and it hasn't been around that long. So there really isn't any research on women who contract the virus in the first trimester. Right. So I was very conflicted about it, but I, I'm very fortunate in that the job that I have, I'm an animator, so I can work from home indefinitely. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I'm taking every possible precaution. And I guess what kind of tipped me over the edge of feeling like it was okay is that I just kept hearing a lot of people joking about hetero couples that are quarantined together getting pregnant just because they're yeah. they have nothing to do and they're stuck together for so long and this there were lots of jokes about there being like a coronavirus baby boom after all this and stuff mm-hmm. and I just kind of felt like you know I I just don't think it's fair that like you wouldn't necessarily fault people for getting pregnant by accident being quarantined mm-hmm. so I just felt like single moms by choice should have the same opportunity. And the other thing, the other thing that I considered, you know, if I could be sure that this was all going to be over in six months, I would definitely be down to wait. But the fact of the matter is the scary, (laughs) the scary fact is, I mean, this could go on for 18 months. I've even heard people say four years. Sometimes it takes to come up with a vaccine. And if I have to wait four years, I'm just, not going to be able to biologically give birth because I already know that I have low AMH for my age. So it's kind of like, well, I either try now or I'm just not going to be able to have a baby. Yeah. Same. That, that, that's what tipped me was the, I, I heard a thing on the daily about the four years and I was just like, well, I, I, I know I want to have a baby yeah. and my my fear is being separated from my parents during pandem- this pandemic stuff and when this next yeah. wave comes and all that stuff. But I there's nothing I can do that's, I mean, waiting three months, waiting five months. I don't know if that's going to help. Yeah. So I just have to fucking do it. Yeah. So like you're saying if you, because you're with them right now, right? Yeah, but I got to go back to L.A. at some point. Um, I mean, my embryos are over there. So when this insemination doesn't work, <laughs> which I'm assuming it's not going to, but it, you know, there's no harm in trying except a little loss of money. But you but, did get pregnant naturally with when you were doing it on your own, right? So yeah, I did, and it was about a year ago. But you know, frozen sperm, not as much of it. Not yeah. as not. A, I did three inseminations each cycle. So I was really flooding, flooding myself <laughs> with, with semen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I think this time, um, if it, if it didn't work this time, my plan is to take the month of May off trying and really like be a scientist about trying to figure out exactly when I ovulate because mm-hmm. I don't think I fully did it right this time. And then mm-hmm. tr- when I try again, I think I'm going to get two vials even mm-hmm. though that's quite expensive. But yeah. I think, you know, doing it two days in a row hopefully will give me a better shot. Yeah. And you don't want, you're done with the IUI doctor situation? His clinic is closed. I have heard about some clinics opening back up in mid May for um, embryo. What's it called when you, you don't do the Transfers? full IUI? No, I think it's just that, is it the harvest when they? The, yeah, retrievals. Retrievals, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think as soon as my clinic opens back up, I'm going to do that part of the IVF process and then at least get some embryos frozen um, in case there's a second wave and they close down again. That sounds great. That's a smart plan, I think. Yeah, I want to do another retrieval. Yeah, I know. It's like. But I have these things. I have the two embryos and I have the eight frozen eggs left over still. Oh, you still do? Yeah, but here's my worry with the eggs. So so I had 16, and then they thawed half of them, but they thawed the best ones first. Okay. So there were, there's eight more, but two of those were a little bit immature. So there's probably just six that are good eggs. That's a pretty decent number, though, isn't it? 
Well, out of the eight that I did in January, mm-hmm. I made four embryos, which is which was great. Yeah. Who knows if it's gonna? I'm gonna be so lucky again with the. Yeah, there's so much that's unknown every time you do it. Yeah. But I, but I would love to do a retrieval because I just don't have – it's not that I don't have faith in those little guys. I just don't have faith in them. <laughs> <laughs> so you – so when, when your clinic opens back up, you're going to do another retrieval? No, I want to, but I can't because I have those other things and I don't have the money to do a retrieval. So I'll probably – I'll just – I'll do the transfer yeah. of the two embryos that I have and just – I just hope they, I hope they work because I'm just getting older and I haven't actually, I've only tried, I haven't used my own eggs since September. Okay. I mean, my, my, my body's eggs. Yeah. And it's like, I haven't really, (laughs) I feel like I've been trying every day for the last year and a half, but I haven't really been trying. I've only tried twice in the last, what, I don't know, eight months. Yeah. Cause there's like so much lead Uh, up to every, (laughs) every attempt. Ugh, it sucks. Well, but anyway, this will be fun trying. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I feel like the fact that you got pregnant naturally once before, you know that your body can do it. And I've even heard that home insemination is statistically as effective as IUI if you have have been have proven to be able to conceive naturally. Oh, interesting. So, you know, like if you have a black fallopian tube or something, it's probably not going to work. But if you don't mm-hmm. have any issues like that, the percentage of success is the same. So I like it. I'll go with that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, thanks, Katie. Thanks for telling everybody about all this stuff. Yeah, of course. This was fun. I've been yeah. listening to every single episode so far. Oh, my so God. Really? Yeah. <laughs> oh, then I don't need... There's so... Things I was retelling you that you, I didn't need to. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no. I mean, some stuff is from like way back because it's been going for a while. But yeah. definitely when um, when I had a commute, especially, I was always excited on Tuesdays when I had anyone to listen to. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I'm glad that your sister's there and I'm glad you still have work. Thank you. Yeah, it's yeah. I'm I'm lucky. So, yeah, got to focus on the positive. You're a fabulous animator. Oh, thank you. <laughs> well, good luck with your um, your insemination Thanks. next week. Thank you. It should be interesting. Yeah, tell me how it goes. I will. I will. Is are you weirded out at all about doing this in your parents' in my, home? <laughs> there's definitely something weird about it for sure. <laughs> like, yeah. good night, mom and dad. I'm going to go inseminate myself. <laughs> yeah, and when is it going to happen? Like, I, I I'm sleeping in the room right above the kitchen. What if they're like? having breakfast in the morning and I'm upstairs doing this and I can hear them and the door doesn't shut very well down there. So, oh, I don't know. I don't know. It's a little weird, but it's totally fine. I mean, yeah. I talked to them about it. So my they're dad, cool. they're very I think cool. my dad knows their sperm coming to the house soon. <laughs> Your parents now, quick, are awesome. Quick question. When you yeah. open the nit- uh, nitrogen tank, is it like safe to open and shut it or can you only open it the one time that you take the thing out? You can open it and shut it because, um, so if you get two vials and you're going to use them one day after the other, you have Mm. to keep the second vial in there because Mm. I think once the sperm thaws, it's only good for a couple hours. So what I heard from the Fairfax Sperm Bank, which had a webinar the other day. Oh, that's right. Is like you're supposed to, it comes on this little, I don't know what you call it. It's kind of like like a a ladle. Yeah, there's like a little um, handle, and mm-hmm. you pull it out. It's like this long cylinder, and then the um, the sperm vial is like stuck into it in like a metal casing. So you pull it out, but you're supposed to keep the second vial under the frost line, under like the cold smoke, <laughs> mm-hmm. and then you take out the one, which I'm a little nervous about doing that because it was hard to get it out last time, and I'm worried I'm going to drop it in the tank. And you can't really put your whole arm oh in there because it's, you know, 100-something degrees below zero. So, But you're supposed to take one vial out and then immediately put the other one back in and then close it. Oh, my God. That is stressful. Yeah. So that's the part I'm nervous about. But, yeah. Shit. <laughs> there's, okay. a lot, there's a lot of things to be nervous about. Okay. <laughs> it's good to have a heads up about that. 
One, one other thing I wanted to mention when you do it. Yeah. So I've heard like different methods of thawing. So the Seattle Sperm Bank recommends holding it in a lukewarm water bath and they give you the temperature range um, mm-hmm. for 10 minutes or something. But it's also tricky because if the water goes, like obviously if the if sperm touches water at all, it kills it. Mm-hmm. So that introduces a little bit of a tricky factor. But then I heard from a few other sperm banks that you can just sit the vial on a counter at room temperature for like 15 to 30 minutes and it'll Mm. thaw itself. So I think in the Mm. future, I'm going to just let it thaw on its own. I remember somebody once told me to put it between your thighs. (laughs) Yeah, I think that's that's a good method, too, to get it to body temperature. Yeah. Make it think that it's the the act is actually happening <laughs> make it sexy yeah exactly <laughs> i guess i better shave my legs yeah yeah <laughs> my my leg hair has never been this long not since i was 21 <laughs> and my armpit actually, hair too were you not, not shaving, shaving at that age well i was a commercial salmon fisherman at, when i was <laughs> oh my god <laughs> I don't know if I ever said this on the podcast. That's awesome. After college, I went to Alaska and I was a commercial salmon fisherman for one one season. And my boyfriend and I, we were both there. And um, and I don't know. I was like, I'm not going to shave my legs all summer or my armpits. That's so I didn't. great. <laughs> but so this is the longest it's been since I was 21. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Well, this is a anyway. rugged time for all of us. <laughs> Yeah, I just want to see. I just want to see what happens. Get yeah. to know myself. <laughs> see how long you can grow. I mean, it's definitely not attractive, <laughs> for sure. But there are no men around here so, yeah. that I'm not related to. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, thank you so much, Katie. Good luck. Bye. Good Bye. luck to you too. And then I spoke with an anonymous person, somebody I'd never met before. I had posted on the uh, Single Mothers by Choice Facebook group, and this person said she was in the same boat as me. So here we go. Thank you for talking to me. So I'm curious about uh, what you're thinking. Tell me more about what you're up to. Right. So I actually just took an ovulation test this morning. Okay. I am actively in the kind of tracking phase. Cool. It looks like it's probably going to be tomorrow that Your my peak. insemination day is going to be. Okay. And in terms of what I'm thinking, I mean, this is something that I've thought about doing for probably close to three years at this point, but there was always a reason not to do it. I mean, the first reason obviously was, oh, you're not married. You know, there's yeah. no, there's yeah. no dad, there's no partner. So, you know, I was kind of waiting for that. I did I actually paid for some very expensive, like, dating concierge services. Oh, wow. Like, last-ditch effort to find somebody. I wonder if my listeners would pay for me to do that. (laughs) (laughs) We need all the help we can get. I should also back this up a tiny, tiny bit. You're a lawyer, so you've probably spent, you know, a lot of time working. and Right. I mean, and that that was the other thing is when I first had the revelation that, I just, I just had this feeling. I'm like, I'm probably going to be doing this by myself. I remember asking my mom when I was maybe eight years old, I was like, mom, do you think I'm ever going to get married? And like, (laughs) I know all little girls probably have that thought, but for me, I was just like, I don't know. I'm so independent. I'm, I want to do things my own way. All of my relationships have been great big disasters. (laughs) And part of it was me knowing, like, I don't think this is the path for me. It's maybe it'll be later. Maybe I meet someone else, another single parent with kids and we become the Brady Bunch. I don't yeah, know. yeah. Um, so I was in law school mm-hmm. and thinking, okay, I, I got to wait till I have an actual job mm-hmm. before I do this. Then the, the first year was just, it's so intense. The learning ter- curve is crazy. And it was obviously not the right time then. And then it was, okay, well, maybe I wait until I get the pay bump. Maybe I wait until this and this and this. And mm-hmm. then coronavirus happened. Mm-hmm. And the objective, logical mind of mine is like, big red flag. If there's ever a reason not to do it, don't do it now. And I'm like, well, one, that's always going to be the case. There's always going to be the logical voice that says, don't do it now. There's yeah. there's going to be a yeah. better time. This is an extreme example of that. Right. But <laughs> I mean, for me, it, it's actually really interesting because I, I do still go into court about once a week uh-huh. for this time. Uh, my schedule is kind of interesting, a lot of working at home, but I still have to be there, but not every day. So the early mornings and, you know, kind of sleep deprivation, like, I think this is the first point 
in many years that I haven't been chronically sleep deprived. Uh-huh. As I understand is good for conception. Yes. <laughs> yeah. You don't want to be super stressed and, you know, resource depleted and everything. Mm-hmm. So um, this time for me, in a very freaky way, ends up being perfect because if I inseminate tomorrow, let's say I can sleep in, you know, I'm not planning on going into the office on Monday. I can kind of take it easy and relax and be nice to myself. Yeah. That's just not my life. Kind of feels like this uh, coronavirus was a sort of a a rude awakening to you. Not a rude awakening, a a good awakening to you saying, you know what? It's never going to be a good time, bitch. Just fucking do it. (laughs) Yes. Well, exactly. And like, I remember having this moment. I think I was talking to my sister-in-law on on FaceTime Mm -hmm. and... She is so excited for me. It's the cutest thing ever. Amazing. Yeah, I'm really, really lucky with oh, my family. Oh, I love that. Me too. Me too. Because she's just been excited since the second I told her. Actually, I can remember vividly. We were, we were like just like this, like you mm-hmm. and I right now on the phone. And I'm, I'm like, you know, I really want a baby, and I decided I'm just going to do it. And she looks at me, and, and like you could see, like she started tearing up immediately, oh. and she was like, "Oh, like are you serious?" And I was like, "Yeah." Oh, um, that's so great. And so I think that was at the beginning of March, like late February, early March, I told okay. her. So you haven't done anything yet? Well, I've tried once. Okay, tell me. I tried oh. last month. Where's your sperm coming from? So I am <laughs> using uh, I'm using a, a cryobank. Okay. So you're ovulating tomorrow. Do you already have the tank? I do. Oh, okay. Okay, cool. I do. They're huge. I had no idea when I got it last time. I'm like, oh my God, it's like half the size of me. It comes like up to my rib cage. Really? They're giant. Holy shit. Okay. So you just got one in there or are there two vials? There's just one. Um, I mean, I can ship more than one at a time. You can ship up to three, I Mm -hmm. think. But um, I I figured, you know, I'll give it one shot every month because I'm, you know, I'm doing all this tracking and timing and stuff. I might Mm -hmm. as well just, you know. So, right. So there's the one little vial just sitting in my bedroom. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. That's amazing. Okay, so I've been at this for like a year and a half. And the first four times I did it, I did home inseminations with fresh sperm, guy in the bathroom. (laughs) And then I did four IUIs at the doctor. Then I did IVF. Oh, I did. I There were pregnancies in there. <laughs> it's so funny how like I just can simple make it so simple now and going through it. It's like the most dramatic thing in the world. <laughs> like, Oh, yeah. And there was a miscarriage here and there. And uh, anyway, <laughs> it's no big deal. Um, but no, here I am. I've never done an at home insemination with a tank. And I've forgotten all about how to track my ovulation and everything. But I have now ordered my tank. So it should be here. I'm hoping it gets here in time. Anyway, I've forgotten how to use the ovulation sticks. So maybe you can remind me. Are you using the sticks or are you using the like the fancy ones? I am using the sticks. When you're not in your window, do you still see the second line, a faint line, or do you see nothing? I did. And, and I also think it depends on the brand. Because like the ones that I used last time, which I got from Walgreens, there was a line every single time. It was okay. just much fainter. Sometimes okay. it'd be like a little bit more dark compared to itself, but always lighter than the control line. The yeah. ones I'm using this time, there's barely that second line at all. But okay. this morning, it was pretty dark. Not as dark as the control line, mm-hmm. but I'm like, it's dark enough that I'm thinking I'm going to test again later today mm-hmm. because I think that it's going to be positive later. It's been a year since I've done an, a home insemination, but I feel like when I, when the one line was as dark as the other, I thought you should inseminate right then. From what I understand, yes. and I, I read so much about this because I wanted to make sure I was getting it right. Yeah. The LH surge actually happens like 24 to 36 hours before you mm. ovulate. So they say it's a good idea to inseminate at that point because, you know, like the sperm can live inside your body for up to five days. It makes me nervous, though, timing-wise, because... because you know, I know it's going to, you want to inseminate before you ovulate because the second you ovulate, it's like the egg has 24 hours and then it's done. Right. But I am a little bit concerned about the idea of frozen sperm not having the exact same motility. Exactly. Yeah. As fresh. Are you using ICI or IUI vials? I'm using ICI um, because I heard like, you know, I watched all these YouTube videos, you know, yeah. in addition to all the articles I read and ladies who had done it at home and been successful had said 
to make it as successful as possible, we think it should be as natural as possible. Mm -hmm. So you don't want the unwashed or you want the unwashed. Yeah. Because the washed, you know, IUI vials are specifically for inseminating directly into the uterus. Right. So for us that are inseminating at home, the sperm is going to have to go through the cervix and do the whole process. And if they've got their natural like defense, I don't know all all the the stuff that's in the semen, the proteins and the sugars and all that stuff. Yeah. I wish uh, my my donor didn't have any ICI vials available. So I'm using IUI, but I'm hoping that whatever solution the sperm are in is not going to deter the the sperm from doing the work. But yeah, we'll see. Yeah. Right. Okay. I mean, I, I saw people who, who said they preferred IUI. Oh, instead. really? I mean, the, the thing I've learned the most from this whole process is that everyone is so different mm-hmm. and success is going to happen for us all in different ways. And yeah. there's no knowing. So yeah. what worked perfectly for someone else, and I even hate to say it, like worked perfectly. It's like the timing is w- what it's going to be. And sometimes, you know, maybe you have a fertilized egg. And it's not, it's not viable that month. And so it's, yeah. it's not supposed to be that month. And yeah. for me, like my type A perfectionist self is like, but if I just, if I just get the formula right, I you know, know, that's not know. how it works. I know. There's no controlling any of this. That's definitely the, the biggest lesson I've learned through everything is I have zero control. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, Maybe I'm too relaxed now. I'm just like, Whatever. <laughs> Almost everybody I saw who was successful, like the month they were successful, they said, I relaxed that month. Like, I I was chill. I'm like, okay, I can can pretend to be chill. (laughs) No, I can be chill. (laughs) Well, there's no controlling that either. There's no controlling whether or not you can be chill or not. (laughs) No, I know. Geez, takes a worldwide pandemic to, uh, you know, make me realize, oh, you know that being tired all the time, every single hour of every day? Oh, that's not how your body naturally is. Yeah, yeah. I bet there's so many of you out there who are just like, it's time to reconsider how I'm treating my body and my my mental health and the time that I'm taking. Yeah, I think that's that's a a small positive to all of this. No, one of the reasons I wanted to talk to you was that one, I love podcasts and I love what you do, and I just think it's so cool to have this way of building community with other women. And, and like, I saw your, your message and I'm like, it's perfect timing. Like, why not? I don't know. The solidarity of being here with you is really Ah, I love it. (laughs) Thank you. It was so nice to meet you and good luck tomorrow. Thank you. Thank you. You as well. And let me know how things turn out. Yeah. Oh yeah, I will. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Bye. Bye. Well, my oh my, thank you so much to Amanda and my mom and Katie and my new anonymous friend. I feel like I've learned a lot this week and I feel like, oh my gosh, so much better than I did at this time last week. So thank you, ladies, and thank you, all of my listeners and subscribers, for helping me come to this conclusion, to this decision. It feels very good, like a weight has been lifted off of me to have finally made that decision and to feel comfortable with it. So yes, I appreciate you. Thank you so much. Now let's just cross our fingers that that tank arrives before I ovulate. And if it does, and you're a Patreon subscriber, well then you're going to have front row seats at the insemination. That's right. I'm going to videotape it, but I'm not going to videotape that, you know, intimate part. But you'll see the nitrogen tank and all the thawing and my mom and dad will be there. So that'll be interesting. For that, you can go to patreon.com forward slash spermcast. And if it doesn't arrive on time, well, then I'll have to send it back. But you'll be the first to know. Once again, if you want to support the podcast, but you don't want to do the Patreon, you can always Venmo a couple bucks to molly-hockey on Venmo, like I just said. Another way to support the podcast is by rating and reviewing. If you haven't done that yet, you nuts. Do you want to follow the podcast on social media? Well, you can do that too on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Spermcast. You want to email me, hit me up at spermcast at gmail.com. And if you want to leave a voicemail or text me, you can do that at 323-741-1818. 323-741-1818. Oh yeah, we got to get up to $850 by my two-year anniversary on the Patreon. I just remembered. So don't forget, you've got to go to the Patreon. Patreon and subscribe. And lastly, I'm still doing fertility consultations and still loving it. And I'm here for you if you need an ear. Also, if you're just curious, if you're a a single woman and you kind of want to talk about the future, I'm here for you too in that respect. Just, you know, to listen. Or if you want my two cents, I'll give it. 
If you're curious, just email me at spermcast at gmail.com. You can find all of this information in my show notes, including a link to that episode of The Daily that I posted in the podcast earlier in the show. Okay, I'm out of here. Love you so much. I hope I have good news for you next week, but we'll see. And if not, you know, I'll have good news for you one day. Okay, stay safe. Love ya. He could be bald and bearded, shorter or tall. Funny, smart, love basketball. From gay, straight, black to white. Tiny ass with an underbite. I just need sperm. Sperm cast. An Erios production. Powered by ACAST. 